Would you not check your oil? I mean, in your car? And yet, there's nothing in our healthcare payment system that allows for someone to go in and have their mental health checked. Mental health and addiction are largely misunderstood. We often struggle in silence, but there is hope for a better life. I'm Trevor Steinhauser, and this is Stigmatized. Today, we're talking about addressing mental health in the workplace and how important that is and how we can get past the stigma that comes with that. Joining me today is Scott Robertson. Scott is the chairman of RCF Group in Cincinnati, also on the board of the Linder Center of Hope, among many others. He's a pillar of both the business and philanthropic communities here in Cincinnati. So thanks for being here to join me. I'd have come down just to hear that. Thank you so much. <laughs> but before we get started, I need to publicly thank you for everything that you've done for me personally um, during my journey with addiction and my mental health challenges. Uh, I would say I think about how fortunate I am often, and I'm grateful to many people, uh, but you get a lot of that gratitude because uh, not only is what the timing worked well that you were in my life and in our business's life but you know about mental health you have been around it you've you know, worked with the Linder Center so I was just blessed that someone at the helm knew about it and knew what it takes to successfully recover so you could educate my sister and others uh, on what it really on what it truly takes to get healthy and you have become a mentor a friend and i'm eternally grateful for everything you've done so thank you you're most welcome and you are a wonderful success story it this is no matter what anyone else wants to do to try to help it all comes back to you and you had the strength and fortitude to do that well uh, I'm forever grateful so um, when did you first become interested in mental health or understand that there was need in business or otherwise so like many journeys this is is a is a long path I've always been interested in psychology and sociology and read books on both um, magazines I mean I study and then as my life evolved and I got involved in the office furniture business business environments we realized we wanted to change the company because a table is a table a chair is a chair it's really about behaviors how people work in an office environment, how they use it, how they can be successful in it, how they can be productive in it, why they would want to wake up and come to it. So that's much more psychology-based and sociology-based as it is to this panel's better than that panel because they're not. They're all the same, right? 
They can come in different colors, different price ranges, et cetera, et cetera, but they all function the same way. People don't function the same way. People are all different. So it's really that study of behaviors. And so that's been the path. And then as I got involved with the Linder Center, it became even more important to have a deeper level of understanding to be helpful to them, to be an effective board member. Which was... 2009 yeah, It's a long time ago now. Yeah. yeah. And, and I forget how long it's really been, having been part of that. Right. But what a – we can just go right to that. I mean, that, that organization um, certainly saved my life. And, uh, and that's another thing I'm grateful for is, you know, you were instrumental in hooking me up with them. But were you asked to get involved from the Linder family? Yes, so we had, I'd started to develop a relationship with Craig and Craig and Francis uh, through business and the community, and Craig reached out to me to ask. Uh, Ted Lawrence, remember Ted, who has since passed, uh, was instrumental in that also. He was one of my, we're the same age, so he wasn't really a mentor, but he was a... Uh, a guardian, a guardian angel, right? So he was a great advocate, and um, he and Craig were great friends. And they started talking about it, and they asked me to be uh, part of the Linder Center of Hope. It was an easy decision for me because I do love the study of people and behaviors and all of that. And right. just as a quick aside, the... The notion that people will want to continue working from home, it, they just they just two days ago they came out with a survey. Uh, very well done. Over 60% of the people are ready to come back really? to work. Yes. We need each other. We're social beings. Uh, we want to touch, hug. Right. Meet at the water cooler. Amen. Right? Yeah. So those are all part of the behaviors. And so... As, as evidenced by as soon as any one of the, the state governments gave people an option to start to ease out of shelter in place, look what happened. Boom. Right? People are out. People want to be together. Right. Yeah, we're social creatures. I mean, we got to – you said it best. I mean, we got to – touch and hug and and see each other now, the zoom zoom meetings are you know they only do so much correct and, um so and and i'm definitely a very emotional person and and want to uh, touch and hug and especially with you know aa meetings and you know, a lot of that you know, people with addiction right now are struggling big time absolutely being able to zoom is not the same when you're when you're going through a mental or a physical struggle as being in a room with drinking coffee with 12, 15, 20 people that you can really get your emotions and your stuff out. Well said. Um, as we have discussed at the Linder Center, uh, while shelter in place is important and the taking care of ourselves and being respectful of COVID is important. There will be a mental health care crisis if we don't get people together sooner than later. 
this is a time bomb. Isolation is, I mean, it's, you know, when I was full-fledged in, in my addiction and a lot of other people, isolation is what happens. That's the result at the, at the end when it gets really bad is you're by yourself, stewing in your thoughts, exactly. drinking, doing drugs, whatever that is. But, but, but chemicals aside, being by yourself is a dangerous place. Absolutely. Inside, Think of yeah. prisons. <sighs> what do they do with someone they want to punish? Isolation. No, it's a punishment, not a privilege. Right. Right? We need each other. Right. So on to, did the Lender Center have a business touching base with businesses? Is that part of the strategy or has it been? Because I think we're going to talk about the article that you wrote last year, which I was, I, I saw that pop up, you know, last July and I was floored just because it's so important for this to be talked about in business mm -hmm. because it is a, it's a, it's a cutthroat, get up the ladder. I don't want to be seen as weak type thing. And then uh, a leader in the business community comes out and writes this very poignant letter uh, or article rather. It was great to see. So I can't wait to talk about that. But as far as getting businesses on board with reducing stigma, Mm -hmm. It is, and you and I have talked about it many times, as we have up at the Linder Center, and the, it's the, if you walk in, if you're on crutches and you come to a restaurant, they're falling all over themselves to help you. If you have crushing depression, nobody really knows, nobody knows how to help, they feel like it's dangerous to try to help, because we're not qualified or capable right? So it's a far more difficult malady than any other problem in, in healthcare. Um, and what do they teach us at the Linder Center? One in five people are affected by mental health issues, which is far more than cancer, heart, and diabetes combined, right? So it's, it's, a, it's there. We can all be helped with counseling at some level. Um, and once again, it's back to that need to release, to talk, to be able to express our concerns, problems, deep, dark secrets kind of thing, right? Whether it's childhood things or whatever those different things are, the ability to release them, that carthetic moment where you feel better, right? I mean, you walked it. You can talk about it. Yeah, and, and we spend, under normal circumstances, a great deal of time with our coworkers, mm -hmm. almost as much as with our family, if not more. Oh, I'd say more. Yeah. Most of us spend more time in an office environment right. or with fellow employees than we do right. at home. So carrying something like that and not being able to talk about it for fear of judgment or fear of being fired or fear of exactly being demoted or whatever it is think about you know if if you could have an environment where mental health is celebrated mm -hmm. talked about that you that you know at the water cooler it's you know you can get below the superficial 
How was your weekend? How was Absolutely. the weather stuff? Talk about some mm-hmm. good, you know. Uh, and you know Mike Glenn yeah. at the Linder Center, and he has started this initiative at the Linder Center to go into office environments and put the protocols in place with professionals to work through the office groups and and bring this out and create a safe place for people to to meet with appropriate professionals and talk about it and let them know you know have everybody understand what the resources are for them correct and that it's okay and encouraged to use them because a lot of people will go to their you know primary care or whatever they don't want to touch that they don't want to. They look at that box and says you have twenty mental health hours or visits or right. and, and the person struggling is stigmatized. Correct. They're saying, okay, if I tap into this, they're going to know and they're going to exactly think right. that I'm crazy. So the the two people are going through different people who have an opportunity to be promoted. Well, you remember so and so. They. They right. had that mental health issue. You know, I don't know. You're exactly right. It's a total stigma. So it's it's and um, you know it's interesting. It's not dissimilar to uh, the inclusion uh, struggles we're going through now. And our CF group is a minority-owned business, right? So we've been part of inclusive capitalism for close to twenty years. Um, but people don't know what they don't know. Absolutely. Exactly. Right? I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of a trite saying, but it's, it's just on point. So it applies in mental health and in race relations. And once you start to bring people along, you can do much better. So if you had the two bosses talking... And they both had a better understanding of the mental health issues and concerns and how the process works. There wouldn't be a stigma attached to the person they're talking about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So it is, it's educating, it's sensitizing, it's bringing people along. But having, we've got to have leaders like yourself out in front and people mm-hmm. that have reached, and especially in, uh, and, uh, and we'll talk about this, uh, how other companies are, are doing this around the region or the country. Um, they've got to be prompted to act. And when their folks see them acting, you know, it's the mm-hmm. old story. Um, it, it gets easier to do it when you know that it's fostered and it's okay. Correct. And the more a company engages in this change in behavior, the more productive people become. So there's a cause and effect at work here. There's just not enough, there's not enough evidence yet to have a good compilation, but that's coming. Right. You know, and, and people leave jobs because of relationships. Mm-hmm. With bosses or culture, or you know, that's the, the a big reason. So, being able to have a a culture that fosters 
I mean, mental health is every day. It's all day. And we're, we're, we're in Absolutely. our, we're with ourselves all day. Being able to, to take a, a break and take a walk or what with somebody and, and vent a little mm-hmm. something with, with knowing there won't be repercussions as long as it's done tactfully and you, you follow the rules and all that stuff. What a joy would that, you know, would want to drive to work for 35 minutes and, and know that I've, I've heard of a, a couple organizations over the last couple months that have fostered this to a point where it's celebrated daily. And it's similar to, uh, I think the Cisco guy we'll talk about that you mentioned in the article, but uh, when people are presented, it was a, a company here in Cincinnati that, that just wanted to start something and they started with a survey of everybody, the staff, does anybody in your immediate family, your f- close circle of friends, or anybody that you consider yourself close with have ever had an issue with mental health? Mm-hmm. And it was high 90s of not only response rate, but of <laughs> an- answer, <laughs> right. which is amazing. So people are chomping at the bit to talk about correct their stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, I just think this is, is such an important topic. Um, and you said it very well. When you wake up and you leave the house, you take it all with you, right? Yeah. It It's who we are, each of us, every day. And you see this manifest itself in whether it's road rage oh. or people arguing in a grocery store. It's – there are triggers and it just – that burden gets heavier and heavier, and then all of a sudden, some unwitting bystander says something, pushes a cart in front of us accidentally. Oh, yeah. And it erupts. Right. These are, what, what do they teach us? These are not bad people. These are just bad behaviors. And so it's peeling that onion back for these individuals. And as you and I have witnessed and discussed and see the evidence. Um, There are so many people that would like help that can't get it. And and that's a result of blame, shame, guilt of them dealing with themselves. I don't want to... Part of it? Part of it is I don't know how. I don't know where to go. Correct. Part of it is I'm scared because... Absolutely. if my boss would find out that I have depression or I think I might have depression, I don't man, get the promotion. I'm toast. Yeah. I'm toast. You know, I'm going to be, lo- I'm going to be looked over, be fired. You know, that's things that go Correct. through these, you know, so. And, and affording it, as you and oh, I both know. Absolutely. The mental health is the lowest reimbursed malady in our healthcare system. And if that's not stigma at work, are you kidding me? Well, you know, we're going to just well sweep said. this from the top, yes. from the government. Yeah. You know, when the when it's stigmatized in government, you know, and they're faking it. There's nothing wrong with that person because you can't see it. Right. It's, it's not, not until a, it's too late when there's an eruption, when someone takes their own life, which is a split second decision that could have been brewing for 15 years oh. or or. A lifetime. Right, absolutely. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, let's talk about the article. What prompted you to write this article? Oh, 
probably the behest of Linder Center. In there, uh, it, it's an article in the Cincinnati Business Courier that was all about, it was, uh, it's time to stop the silence about mental health in the workplace. Wonderfully done. Give some good stats. You know, we talked about the one in five, which, you know, if you blow that out a little bit, that equates to 10 out of 50 employees could have a mental health need. So you, the bigger the organization, you just, it's a numbers game. We're fairly certain that's correct. Yeah, it's sure. Not, could. Oh, yeah. It's much more, it's highly probable. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you talked about you know, the startup climate. You know, one in three entrepreneurs suffer from depression. I guarantee you that that's accurate as well. You know, yep. I mean, it, it, this is a business is tough, especially when you're doing it on your own or you're at the top. It's, I mean, it's lonely at the top. But they don't, that's not just a right. good quote. I mean, it's, it's true. Um, so if we, we would liken it to, more tangible things in our lives. You take care of your car. You take it in for regular maintenance and service. You take care of your physical being. You have a checkup. Uh, if you're known to have genetic uh, cholesterol or high blood pressure, you check those. So we go through all these physical checks, and we do all these physical checks on other things we use would you would you not check your oil i mean in your car i mean it just goes on and on and on and yet there's nothing in our healthcare payment system that allows for someone to go in and have their mental health checked biannual annual basis you go in and right so we did some executive physicals a couple of years ago, and part of it included sitting with a psychiatrist. It was very interesting. First time I'd ever done that in that format, but it was part of an annual checkup. Maybe that makes sense. Absolutely. We take care of everything else that we can, that we know about, maintain it, but we don't do anything to maintain our our mental health which is crazy because we talked before we're, we're social creatures we want to be around people we want to talk about ourselves we want to talk about how you're somebody else is doing we want to hug yet we're scared to tap into that when there's something wrong it's it's a stigma it's straight it's stigma. up it's a weakness yeah it's a sign that i'm not strong and as I said at the beginning, what the credit goes to you for the strength and courage to walk this out. Granted, you had unbelievable support from several quarters, um, but you and I both have watched and know of others who had the same level of support and couldn't make it. Right. It's a terribly difficult journey. And the whole thing about you can't see it. So. But it's, it's also very strange that, you know, if we see somebody on crutches, we rush to help them. But there's also a, a, a innate kind of biological human nature thing that when somebody gets sick, like with cancer, mm -hmm. the dynamic changes a little bit. It's to go see them. It, there's still, even if you're a dear friend, it's awkward. Mm -hmm. So when I was confronted by dear friends who had been watching for a while... 
it still took major courage for this person to physically, they physically threw me against the wall uh, when I was making a, a scene to say, we need to get you help. Mm -hmm. Even a best friend, it's difficult to, as you see somebody, a, a brush, you know, a dumpster fire, you, you, you're watching it happen. Right. It, it's easy to say, well, he's going to get help. Somebody's going to help that. Right. This is over but my not, head. I but, can't help him. But not, you're right. But I'm, but I, there's nothing I can do. Right. So, but to actually go in and, you know, force your hand or extend your hand takes great courage, even when you're super close to the person. Right. So it's another, it's another barrier to this unseen disease that is going on. And it's not, it's just, it's not even a disease. It's just our mental health. It's still our makeup, you know, it's, but it's, when you can't see it, it's freaky to people. Absolutely. So let's say starting in the, you know, we ask our school kids to get checkups. Why wouldn't a psychiatrist, psychologist be part of that checkup? Right. With all people, not most people, all people. Oh, all people. And I think school that's getting better. Generally, we'll say they can identify. They're in the room with the kids all day, right? They're not professionals in that regard, but they see behaviors and they are professionals in their own right as teachers. But you could make mental health care a much more integral part of our health care um, apparatus, for want of a better word. I mean, that's... Okay, so you have an annual checkup. This is part of your annual checkup. Sitting with a psychiatrist or a psychologist for 30 to 60 minutes. And if some, as you peel the onion back, if more is necessary, that's no different than we, we need to put you on blood pressure medicine. I'd like you to stop eating red meat, whatever it is. Right. Right? And, and there's, I think it's getting better with... Uh, having mental health therapists or counselors in schools alongside a guidance right. counselor, which is beautiful. Great. Um, so it's, that's a good step it, there. We need much more than that. And it needs to start. I don't, I don't think it's too early, you know, uh, elementary school, third, fourth, fifth grade to start talking about mental health and, and just how, how you treat each other and, and, and all those things to start grooming the process so they become it becomes second hat that you know how to deal with and i i believe it would also over time eliminate the stigma because everybody's now seeing someone as part of their annual health care checkup does that make sense yeah. so it it becomes normal Oh, this is, sure. Did I talk to Trevor today with my guidance counselor? Absolutely. You know, he knows a lot about this mental health stuff, and we talked about some issues I'm having at home, right? That's, and once again, without placing too much burden on teachers, teachers can help identify. Sure. The teachers I know will tell you they know who will be. And when they're having them in third grade, they know what they're going to be like in the 10th grade, unless, 
unless something interrupts that. Right. Right? And we need to aid the teacher, though, because they're drinking through a fire hose. They're no spread question. thin. That's what I mean. No, They've got 30. It can't be left to them. They're right. not mental health care experts. Right. But they could say, hey, they a, see after behaviors. a fifth period, they say, man. Right. Johnny's struggling. They know. And then just pass the, you know, pass the word to the person on staff that can. But even uh, more so, it. if it were normalized in everyone, not just the child who was acting out went through basic annual checkup, mm -hmm. right? I know, we, what is what grade are we in when they start checking our eyes, right? I mean, right. just, okay, this is just part of your, what's gonna happen. Yeah, and, and normalizing it to where, and everybody's doing it, which helps the stigma, you know? So it, it, there's ways it, we can, and I think it's incrementally getting better but there's just there's lots of work to do. And, well, it's a, there's a cost associated with it. Now we've gone through COVID. Now we have uh, race relations. We're trying to deal with all these things, or right. But part of the helping solve the mental health issues, and let's just stick to the United States, just in our country. Uh, once again, I believe would help with many other problems in our country. Sensitizing people to a different level of understanding of themselves would therefore then help them understand others. Maybe less road rage, maybe less yelling at each other. And How about less... You look at diabetes and obesity. Mm -hmm. Okay, so well food... I struggle with food. Mm -hmm. That's now become my legal, <laughs> you know, drug of choice, if you will. And, yeah. and, and so when you're lonely and you're sad and you're isolated and you're unhappy, you look for something to comfort you. Okay. Agreed. So yes. the obesity in this country is out of control, but people are, they're coping, mm -hmm. many of them, however they can. And that's through food. And exactly. it's through a, huge amounts of food and unhealthy stuff. But so you give those people a, a forum to talk about their stuff on a daily basis at their job where they're spending all this time, that's going to improve naturally. Agreed. No, I do. I believe that. So I, I agree with you that, that it's just, just giving people the, the tools mm -hmm. to address it is going to naturally I, I got a friend I can talk to now. I don't need to right. sit in this drive-thru and, and order 28 bucks worth of And if know? you start people, our young citizens, right, in elementary school, that this is normal, I get to talk to a counselor, right? Right. I have a place to go, as you said, a safe place. Because growing up, I can't fathom how hard it is to grow up today. With right. twenty-four hour news cycle, instantaneous feedback with social media, mm -hmm. and I mean, I see my kids going through it, and it's you know, even even having been through it, mm -hmm. depression, anxiety, and still going through it. I mean, it's for a forever thing. Uh, I'm able to help, but it's still you know, you're getting immediate feedback, especially you know, I've got young girls and. 
when they're slighted in the in the most innocuous way of maybe not being invited over or something and then right. seeing a picture 10 minutes later of that group that said they weren't doing anything they're now together right something that so simple hurtful. can yeah. can tip the scale into a disastrous moment uh, so i think it's very important for schools to have it too um talk about costs you know globally in, in the article you referenced that it's a you know trillion dollars in lost productivity from mental health it's the only way to make it make sense throughout the rest of the school and business community is to equate it to real dollars and that's statistical evidence nobody's making that up they've right. proven it it's very real uh, so if you're a large corporation and you have a hundred thousand employees and you do the math it's no different than you know we've we've now started over the last five to seven years sit to stand workstations desks right sitting's the new smoking and standing all day is not good for you sitting all day is not good for you so it's back and forth you have a mix move around up and down right right but so that you can statistically prove that right they've done studies so if you can prove to an employer that it will help their productivity, which is the mission the Linder Center has embarked upon, right, with Mike Glenn, is to take this to market because it's, it always comes back to how do we remove the stigma? How do we make this okay? Well, once more and more people are used to it, and once again, an important piece of this is beyond the person who's having issues, the people around them understanding, having a sense of, okay, it's no different than having high blood pressure. It's something that has to be dealt with. And he's or she is dealing with it. Right. And it's not, <clears throat> and it's not you know, we don't have measles. Right. You know, we're just struggling. And we want somebody to talk to, period. That, that's the majority of this thing. It's not a, ugh. Right. Everybody, everybody hears the word or the term mental illness, and they're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm working next to a crazy person. Yeah, sadly, you are correct. And it's just not the case. Right. But, you know, talk about cost. You know, so for the, the, the CEOs and the owners who may not believe in the psychology of it, you throw the cost number to them. You know, maybe they'll say eh, there's probably something to this because right. it's just like it's much more expensive to fire and rehire than it is to retrain someone. So why not infuse exactly infuse some uh, therapeutic options in order to make your staff well oiled? Sure. If you if you have a ten year employee and they're in a car accident. And they're going to be out for three weeks while they're recovering. Um, you don't want to lose them because they were in a car wreck, right? So you take the same 10-year employee and they have a breakdown. And they check into the Linder Center and they start working on their issues. 
you shouldn't want to lose that person either. That's right. where you and I always come out, right? It's the stigma. So how do you make the breakdown equivalent to a car wreck? I'm going to get better. It's okay. I'm going to get better. I'm seeking help. And not only get better, but come out way ahead. Exactly. If I'm working on my stuff, I've got to be received when I come back. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, some of the most creative, successful entrepreneurs in the world have openly talked about anxiety or depression, you know? Yes. So you, you take somebody that's hurting, give them the resources they need to get help, mm -hmm. which is an ongoing thing. They come back and know that they're cool with their job and think about all the creativity that they had been stifled for so long because they were scared to talk sure. about it. That could, things can get better. I mean, that's the thing. It's not, not well only, said. not only can they repair themselves getting back to normal, but it can be, you know, overwhelmingly better and, and higher no, output. I think you're right. And I think history is replete with, uh, once again, the evidence of many different types of people um, who have struggled with mental health issues. Jonathan Winters used to go check himself in. And in his era, he was one of the funniest guys. And we lost Belushi and John Kane. I mean, we, yeah, right? Countless. They, they, their creativity comes with Robin a, Williams with a with a cost. Yeah, yeah. And that's a that's it's sad at any level for any person. Um, but as you, I think, I believe, well, just, just described very well. Uh, there's possibly a lot of untapped creativity out there that is being suppressed through mental illness and someone's not willing to let it out. By being themselves. By being themselves. Mm -hmm. And what a crime. I mean, truly a crime for, for not letting that happen. So, okay, so let's talk about... Um, so nobody in the business world wants to be seen as weak, whether they're in a leadership role or they don't want their boss to, for them to see them as weak. What can we do to alleviate it? I mean, what would what would that utopian business day-to-day -day company look like if this is a fostered thing that it's okay to talk about it at the water cooler? I mean, what, what does that mm -hmm. look like? in your opinion, or what has RCF done to um, take on that right. culture? It's, I think we'd go back to the Linder Center of Hope uh, initiative led by Mike Glenn, and it's a series of indoctrination to what's taking place. So everybody gets together, and we all talk about it, and then you take the next step, and then it goes to the individuals. But it, one of the pieces that's very important in this puzzle is always coming back to, it's more than just any one of us who could be struggling with any mental health issue. It's those around us who are not, but to create a level of understanding, we're working on it. I've overcome this. I used to, now I am. 
those types of things and having that be okay. As you said, you, you've read enough, the, the entrepreneurial class, the CEOs, but many different types of people struggle with issues. And it's not until they're in a safe place in their career that they start to talk about them. Then they do. So when you so that article came out, you had the courage to do it. It's a beautiful thing. Did you have any of the name names? But did you have any anybody that reached out and said, "Man, I am so glad you did that." Fellow CEO to CEO, that you know what I mean. Immediately after, yes, as you described earlier, in our instant society, articles and information pass very quickly unless there's a continuing or ongoing platform for that to, so if I did a weekly or someone right. was doing a weekly, right? It's, it has to be top of mind and whatever information flow is coming through to somebody. So yes, it gets an immediate response, but two weeks later, if someone hadn't seen it, they're not, it's unlikely that they're going to go back. There's too much information coming at them already. Is there, are people in Cincinnati, is there starting to become a, a coalition of sorts of the spirit of mental health and, and companies adopting this large and small? I believe we're in the embryonic stage, but we have that opportunity. And once again, However far along we were, February of 2020, and then June of 2020, so COVID to race relations, it's, those are now top of mind, not mental health issues. Although as we've discussed, I would suggest that part of the, the race relations also carries with it mental health issues. No doubt about it. The, the better you understand yourself and are sensitized to those around you, the, the better we're all going to function in a society together. Now talk about, you know, pre, pre-March or pre-February 2020 to, you know, the, the, the COVID crisis. Uh, everybody's been shut down for three months. Mm-hmm. Or going on four months, working from home, isolation. Um, there is going to, I mean, you, you, you alluded to the fact that there, if we don't do something, there could be a, I, a mental health crisis. Something's going to give one way or another. It's just a matter of There's do, no we, question do we want to play ball or, or not. Um, so do you think coming out of this, they're going to be, I mean, do you foresee people coming into companies on staff as you know mental health officer or or things you know something like that to where it is it is now it's part of the it's part of the day to day mhm it is 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 these types of things do uh, it creates great sadness chaos and is hurtful in so many ways and as you get through it, it creates opportunity. So this may expose the need for mental health even more so 
because of people being confined. The, certainly, if you were to check with Jobs and Family Services, they're very nervous about what's happening in homes they're not able to check on. Abusive households. Fewer kids are being seen at hospitals, but the ones who are being seen have, uh, their injuries are worse. So that means that the kids who have minor injuries are not being taken right now. There's, this is a, this is brewing. Um, so people like the Linder Center, places like the Linder Center are be getting prepared for this, um, the mental health care industry. We believe there's going to, there will be, there will be issues. There will be problems to deal with. Yeah, because, you know, people said, you know, the, the emergency phone calls for domestic violence have gone down, but that's not a good thing. Exactly. It's the complete opposite. Complete it's because opposite. the abuser is present and nobody can get to a phone. That's what's going on. Exactly. And it's The happening. abuser doesn't leave for work or exactly. to go to a bar, whatever it is. Right. No, it's, this is a very, for the lower socioeconomic group, but it, it, it goes through all stratas, right? Uh, those at the higher end have more means, right, to deal with it, to get off to a phone or whatever, right? But in the lower socioeconomic arena, they don't. And yeah, healthcare, right? Social services are just beside themselves. They don't know what they're going to see when right. this opens and up. And that's why... You know, the, the working from home thing is, it's a double-edged sword. You know, we're all following the rules and doing what we need to do for the, you know, the betterment of everybody's health. But you know, whatever environment you're in, you can be a billionaire and, and, and really struggle. It, 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 is, Certainly. it is just a function of, you know, the way your brain works, you know. and it, Mental health is totally indiscriminate. Right. As is cancer. Right. As is COVID. Right. right. They, they will, we're all susceptible. Right. Um, so you referenced the Chuck Robbins, the Cisco CEO, mm -hmm. you know, which is a Fortune 500, you know, and what he's done. What, what did you read about that? And and what, what what's some of the, the things that, that he did because that's what we need big companies to adopt this kind of stuff, you know? Right. So he's taken a leadership position uh, and put his company, his people through the paces. And as you said, the it's, it's just a slog. It's just, it's hard to, so you know about Cincinnati works, mm -hmm. right? So Cincinnati works can prove to you statistical evidence that if you help a second chance citizen and you do these things and all the costs associated with it, you will, that your chances are in the 90% range to have this person be a loyal employee for life. So you train them once, you take them through all this, it costs so much money to get them to the right place then you don't ever have to retrain a person, right? And they will continue to try to get better and better and better. Once again, they have the evidence. Uh, 
Given it's, the opportunity. Given the opportunity. So you can take that. We've done presentations at CRBC, CBP, David and David, and that, that, that team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I got five people lined up for this position. If that one goes, there's another one. What about your retrain? Yeah. The association in this economic model is difficult for businesses because it's harder up front. And that's what Cisco, right? So you have to have pioneers and leaders who will say, this was cost effective for our organization. And once again, it's a it's a groundswell and you know, hope is just not the greatest strategy, but we're hopeful. Um, and Linder Center has taken a a leadership role in this. And again, it, it goes back to you know partly ignorance of people not knowing what they don't know, like you said, right. but being presented with the the evidence and the material and the education and the awareness to know what to do. Those were better. That, that was well said. It's education, awareness, sensitizing. Because it's, uh, it's another unseen. It's like back to the unseen thing. You can't see this really, mm -hmm. you know, because even though people are, a lot of people are struggling, they're very good at hiding it. They're very good at hiding it. And appearing happy. And it only comes out in, episodes and so people will say well you know and in many instances these are maybe not easily but solvable issues with professional help and Once again, and peer help correct which is the, and the person the who has it may not realize that so once again back to the annual checkup if it becomes part of everyone's annual checkup, so that would be, in the younger we start, and what's the old Chinese proverb? What's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. What's the second best time? Today. So start now. Right. Right? Because, I mean, if you had a cubicle mate that, that heard you getting huffy and, and starting to get antsy and agitated wouldn't it be great for them to be able to look over or come around the corner and say hey man let's take a breather i feel how can i feel I you getting antsy right you know, being able to talk about it and, and and there's you know laughing at ourselves and joking at ourselves and being able to make light of something like that that's healthy too there, there's mm -hmm. healthy outlets for that so so it's imperative that that we get on on board with this because uh, like you said something something's coming we just need to it's, it's not a matter of if it's probably more a matter of when yeah COVID's taken its toll physically on the number of people who have perished it is also taking its toll globally on people with mental health Italy went through such a difficult time and is still reconciling with what they've been through. Have this, they have they referenced the mental impact? They're in anguish. Mm -hmm. Yes, they don't call it a mental health issue. They're crushed. They're sad. 
They watched so much carnage, and it was so immediate. Um, so they're in, they're they're grieving. They'll go through that, right? Those all those steps, those five steps, and they'll get to healing. But it's been difficult, and as as we both know, uh, tourism to Italy is not good. So they're not able to recover financially, and now the EU is talking about not allowing Americans into European Union countries. Uh, that'll be a crushing blow to their tourism industry. Appropriately, if they don't believe that America has taken the right precautions with COVID, that's clearly their, their right. But once again, the, the people talk about the economic toll. Along with the economic toll comes the crushing mental health toll. I can't provide for my family anymore. My restaurant was closed for four months already, and now you're telling me you're not going to let Americans into our country? Now, this, is, this has far-reaching consequences. So you have the physical part and then the, the mental health part, and they will be equally as devastating. Yeah. So we've got got our work cut out for us. Okay, so what do you say to the the big CEO of the large corporation or the small family business who is thinking about this and it's going through their mind, but they kick the can down the road and say, I know we got this mental health thing. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know we got to do something, but I just, I'm not, I don't know what to do. Well, once again... Economics will come into play, and right now, most companies, many companies, let's put it that way, have fewer expendable dollars. Their businesses have contracted. I read a report the other day in a discussion this morning. Prediction is 40% of the restaurants in this country will fail, will not reopen. 40%. That's crazy. So what does that do? to the person who's invested their whole life into building a restaurant, they're 55, 60 years old. And this is not gender nor race specific. It's across the board. They're crushed. That's all I know. Depression, sadness. I mean, all these things are gonna come into play. and so you take a mid-cap company like ours. Our business has contracted. We're fortunate. We're still busy in some sectors, healthcare, financial, uh, insurance. All those businesses are essential businesses. Um, but it's contracted, and we've also put in... Uh, the bottom line, a cost associated with this. Our installation uh, group have far more precautions, even though we were used to working in clinical areas in hospitals. As it, whatever it was, it's times two, three, four, five. So everything takes longer. So there's a cost associated with that. 
Um, we have someone walking around the office every two hours, wiping things down. And best of my knowledge, that person's not doing that for free, right? So all of a sudden, businesses have less money to even think about implementing something like this at this time. It's just going to be difficult. It's a hard sell. Um, but the best thing many companies could do for themselves is to start down that path with an organization like the Linder Center and have a professional available and start talking to their people. Because people are scared. It's no different than the example I gave you earlier about the two, two hospitals, right? How different they are. Um, I see people alone in their car driving with a mask on, right? And then I see people walk up and with no mask, hug other people, right? I mean, it's it's 180 degrees diametrically opposed in the attitudes. And your employee base probably exemplifies that. So you have people who are scared, who really are afraid to come back to work, which doesn't make them a bad person, a bad employee, or otherwise. There's just a certain fear they can't overcome. How good would it be to have someone to be able to talk to about that? And then you have the other person who's cavalier and wants to walk around the office without a mask on. They need help also in awareness, sensitivity, right? Right. Don't wear the mask for you. Wear it for others, yeah. the respect of others, right? Yeah. So we just got to continue the march, letting our voices be heard, doing the next right thing, and starting the conversation. That's the key is to encourage other companies and other leaders to start the conversation about mental health, that it is a, th it is a thing. It's not going away. And, oh, no. And, we, you know, we need to... Uh, it will rear its ugly head. The... So you've been to the Touchdown for Hope many times, and that was a great awareness campaign. To have Anthony Munoz as a spokesperson uh, in the Linder Center, given its national recognition, to talk about it out loud on the day of the Super Bowl, right? Those are, they're all steps. Right. Right. United front. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for spending some time. Uh, this is uh, such a crucial topic and, and having you out front for our region is huge and, and hopefully people will start to follow suit. So thanks. Thank you for having me. I, uh, as I look at you, I'm so proud of you and grateful for where we are. So thanks. Thanks for listening. I want to thank everyone that makes this show possible. Production by Gwen Sound, artwork by Neltner Smallbatch, and photography by John Willis and Lindsay Steinhauser. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review. Visit our website for more information at stigmatizedpodcast.com.